Welcome to the Movie Planet Podcast's Movie Playground Retrospective Episodes of Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3. With Joe. Amigo? Oi, amigo. Uh, amigos. We're all amigos. So, who's ready for Ken's Dream Tour? And Joel. Come to Papa. What a nice bear. And he smells like strawberries. <laughs> that was great. That was good, yeah. <laughs> That's the movie we watch. Yes, welcome to the Movie Playground Movie Review Show, <clears throat> the place where we watch movies that at least one of us feels you must see before you die and let you know whether they're awful or so great they deserve a place in the pantheon of movies of its genre. Sometimes we'll do standalone movies, sometimes we'll do trilogies, sometimes we'll do entire franchises. But let's start with introductions. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Lotso Hugging Bear to my Mr. Prickle Pants, Joel. What? Which one was Prickle Pants again? Is he the clown? No, Prickle Pants was the, uh, <laughs> the porcupine played by Andy, uh, 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 Mr. Dalton, Timothy Dalton. Okay. Yeah, I'm a thespian. That's right. <laughs> uh, this week, we are con- concluding our Toy Story retrospective by talking about Toy Story 3 for the franchise genre. We will discuss the movie and not only decide whether this movie belongs in the pantheon of franchise movies, but in the animated movie pantheon also. Now, a little background right now. The reason why we're doing this in the franchise pantheon is because Toy Story 4 is in the works. Because of that, Toy Story 3 is being viewed as part of at least four movies. The franchise pantheon is comprised of seven and only seven, seven and only seven franchises per genre. Currently, there are five franchises in the franchise pantheon. Those are the Tolkien saga, the Star Wars saga, the Alien franchise, the Jurassic Park franchise, and the Die Hard franchise. I got a feeling that Toy Story is going to end up being the number one on this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, it should also be noted that these two movies are candidates for the animated film genre, where the movies in that pantheon are Toy Story 2 at number one, Toy Story at number two, and Fantastic Mr. Fox at number three. We'll see how Toy Story 3 measures up to these films. Now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it. This is a spoiler-rich podcast. So if you haven't seen Toy Story 3, do yourself a favor. Go find it. Rent it. Buy it at McKay's. At McKay's. (laughs) <laughs> Give us money, McKay's. And, uh, you know, download us on iTunes, listen to us, like us on Facebook. Uh, we're gonna, we'll are gonna, we tell all this at the end anyway. Let's just get right to it. Joker, please give us a trailer so I don't have to edit this all the way through it. Joker, now! And here we go. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! What are we going to do, Buzz? Use your head. But I don't want to use my head! Andy's going to college. Mom, I'm not leaving till Friday. What are you going to do with these toys? Should we donate them? Mom, no one's going to want those old toys. Don't you get it? We're finished. Obsolete. Over the hill. Now, come on, guys. We all knew this day was coming. We're getting thrown away. No, no one's getting thrown away. We ain't ever getting played with. Hold on. This is no time to be hysterical. It's the perfect time to be hysterical. Should we be hysterical? Now. Yes. Maybe. But not right now. New toys! I'm gonna get played with! Oh, where's my nose? Here it is. 
Here's your arm. Give me that. That's Honey, mine. The mustache. We're busting out of here. One, three. One, three. Whoa. Two, infinity. And beyond. Come oh. on. Let's see how much we're going for on eBay. That's the trailer right there. All right. This week we are talking about 2010's Toy Story 3, a movie that was made for $200 million. That's more than both Toy Story and Toy Story 2 combined. That's a lot, but it raked in $1.06 billion at the box office. Uh, I think people were craving for Toy Story after the 10-year wait. Uh, Let's see. Directed by Lee Unkrich, screenplay by Michael Arndt, story by John Lasseter, Lee Unkrich, and Andrew Stanton. The first Toy Story not directed by John Lasseter. Okay. Yeah. It's got a different feel to it anyway. It does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, starring Tom Hanks as Sheriff Woody, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. Your girl. <sighs> Joan Cusack as Jesse, but a lot less Jesse. Um, less Jesse. Ned Beatty as Lotso Hug and Bear. John Morris as Andy Davis. Or should I say, John Morris as a much more human-looking Andy Davis. Uh, Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head. Blake Clark taking over for Jim Varney as Slinky Dog. An excellent casting decision. He was very good. Very good. Yeah. I like him anyways. He's the coach. He's the oh, man, dang, gay coach from uh, Waterboy. Oh, is he? Oh, that's him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that. Farmer Fran. Uh, special teams go do, uh, go do laps with Farmer Fran. I am so going to see that. that. Shit. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> saying me. I, I, I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Wallace Shawn is Rex. John Ratzenberger is Ham. Estelle, Estelle Harris as Mrs. Potato Georgie. Head. <laughs> Michael Keaton as Ken. Thank you. Great, Great decision. Uh, Jody Benson is Barbie. Emily Hahn as Bonnie Anderson, arguably the cutest child ever put to animated, animated celluloid. Timothy Dalton as Mr. Prickle Pants. <laughs> Kristen Shaw as Trixie. Jeff Garland as Buttercup. I love Jeff Garland. I didn't know Handsome was in this. <laughs> I didn't either. And the list goes on with Bonnie Hunt, Whoopi Goldberg, Lori Metcalf, Arlie Ermey, Richard Kind, and so on. Everybody wanted a piece of this movie. Uh, now, according to the good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it is the lowest percentage for a Toy Story movie at 99% on the tomato meter. The lowest scoring? Yeah, the other two are 100%. Well, the other two, no one had... Freaking Rotten Tomatoes at that point when it came out. But the critics gave it the highest grade at an 8.9 out of 10 of all three. So I don't, some troll was out there messing around. Well, that's because, again, by the time that the website came out, the people using it grew up with Toy Story. Exactly. Uh, the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 4.3 out of 5, with 89% agreeing it's a 3 or higher, which is both higher than both the other two. Yeah. Uh, we're going to dig deep into the segment here, thanks to Wikipedia, and there is not a whole lot on this movie. No? No, there is not. Uh, now, according to the terms of Pixar's initial seven-film deal with Disney, all characters created by Pixar for their films were owned by Disney. By that point, they had already built the Toy Story part of Walt Disney World, which have you okay. been there? The, have I ever been to Walt Disney World? The one in Florida, right? That, yeah, I've been there Yeah, once. I was did, young. Did you go to the Toy Story part? I was so young, I can't even remember. I don't think I did. They have a really cool ride in there where you're actually like shooting down all no, the No, I didn't because I wanted to, but I didn't. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, furthermore, Disney retained the rights to make sequels to any Pixar film, though Pixar retained the right of first refusal to work on these sequels. So Disney was like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can make it. And Pixar was like, yeah, that's great, but we don't have to. <laughs> 
In 2004, when the contentious negotiations between the two companies made a split appear likely, Michael Eisner, the Disney chairman at the time, put plans in motion to produce Toy Story 3 at a new Disney studio, Circle 7 Animation. Tim Allen, the voice of Buzz Lightyear, indicated a willingness to return, even if Pixar was not on board, because the dude needed to work. He hadn't worked in a long time. No. Um, Screenwriter Jim Hersfeld wrote a script for Circle 7's version of the film, and it focused on the other toys shipping a malfunctioning Buzz to Taiwan, where he was built, which I think would have been amazing, (laughs) (laughs) believing that he would be fixed there. Then again, Tim Allen in Taiwan may have ended up being a little bit racist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, while searching on the internet they find out that many more Buzz Lightyear toys are malfunctioning around the world and the company has issued a massive recall fearing Buzz's destruction a group of Andy's toys Woody, Rex, Linky and so on venture out to rescue Buzz at the same time Buzz meets other toys from around the world that were once loved but have now been recalled that's a cool idea also the recall idea yeah that would be pretty cool so I'm like okay that could have been Toy Story 2 (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man. Toy Story 2 wasn't bad for the time. I liked... I agree. Here's the thing. I mean, it is a children's movie. I loved it as a kid. Yeah. I loved Toy Story 2 as a kid. As an adult, when I had to watch it for a podcast where I had to critique it, it was tough, (laughs) which is why I honestly probably won't ever let us watch Rush Hour. No, we're going to watch Rush Hour because it's awesome. It is awesome, but like, I don't want to have to sit here and like defend it. I don't think you'll have to. It's not a anything, bad movie. Because anything anybody will say about it, be like, this wasn't bad. I'm like, you're 100% wrong. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you feel comfortable enough to share it, but you're wrong. This is an A+. Well, in January of 2006, Disney buys Pixar in a deal that put Pixar chiefs Ed Catmull and John Lasseter in charge of all Disney animation. Let's remember where John Lasseter started. He made a little, little, little short called Tin Toy, and now he's in charge of Disney animation. Uh, shortly thereafter, Circle 7 animation was shut down, and its version of Toy Story was canceled. Ha <laughs> ha! That's Lester and Cutmill saying, not happening. Sucker. Yeah. Uh, the story that they created for their new movie had no traces of the Circle 7 version of the film whatsoever. Since the filmmakers did not read its script, quote, not out of spite, but we wanted to start fresh and not be influenced by what they had done. Uh, we didn't look at any of the work they'd done. We really didn't want to know anything about it. So February 2007 comes around, and Lasseter announces Toy Story 2's co-director, Unkrich, as the sole director of the film instead of himself. Uh, and Michael Arndt was the screenwriter. 2010 was also announced as the tentative release date. Uh, as we know, tentative release dates, James Cameron's very familiar with that term. <laughs> uh, jokes! <laughs> jokes! Uh, Unkrich had been working with Arndt and story development artists on the film since the middle of 2006 and said that he felt pressure to avoid creating the first dud for Pixar since as of 2010 all of Pixar's films had been critical and commercial successes a lot of pressure a little bit yeah in February 2008 the film's plotline was reported quote Woody the Cowboy and his toy box friends are dumped into a daycare center after their owner Andy leaves for college Uh, during the initial development of the film Pixar revisited their work from the original Toy Story and found that although they could open the old computer files for the animated 3D models, error message prevented them from editing the files. This necessitated recreating the models from scratch. Hence the $200 million put into this film. Uh, To create the chaotic and complex junkyard scene near the film's end, more than a year and a half was invested on research and development to create the simulation systems required for the sequence. A long time to spend on a junkyard. Yeah. Uh, instead of sending Tom Hanks, 
Tim Allen and John Ratzenberger's scripts for their consideration and reprising their roles, a complete story reel of the film was shown to the actors in a theater. The reel was made up of moving storyboards with pre-recorded voices, sound effects, and music. At the conclusion of the preview, the actors, all three, signed on to the film. Basically, they had like hand puppets that they were doing the movie <laughs> with. Uh, this is also the first film to feature 7.1 surround sound. Uh, and even the Blu-ray feature would feature it too. So because of this film, you have now people spending more money on stereo systems. Wow. Thanks, Toy Story 3. <laughs> I missed the time where we were so influenced by what we saw on TV. Oh, yes. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw this? Honestly, I don't. I don't either. I think this would, ooh, or do I? This is a movie that I rented, and I can tell you what movie I rented with it. I, <laughs> no. It was right before Blockbuster Video closed. The final days. And I had a movie pass, and I had taken Return of the Jedi on DVD, and I said, I haven't seen Toy Story 3 yet, yeah. and I traded it in, got Toy Story 3, and then Blockbuster closed. <laughs> so you and so it. I was stuck with these two DVDs. The other one was Dinner for Schmucks. Oh, with uh, Steve Carell? Yeah, and I told myself, son of a gun, I'm here with Dinner for Schmucks and Toy Story, and I could have just had a free Star Wars <laughs> had I known. Um, I remember watching it, and I don't know if I just wasn't really interested, but yeah, I remember thinking this was a good movie, but I didn't get all up in arms about it like everyone else did. Okay. I, uh, I don't remember specifically when I saw this. I know I saw it twice in the theaters, though. It got me right in the feels, and usually when someone gets me like that, I got to see it again just to make sure it's, it's real. Yeah. Uh, this was 10 years beyond Toy Story 2, and I did not like Toy Story 2. So I was, when I saw this coming out, I was like, I, I, it was one of those things that I didn't go opening night. I went like four weeks in. I was like, eh, Toy Story 3 is out. I'll go see that. And I loved it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, <clears throat> you ready for a synopsis? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <clears throat> You're up. <laughs> Andy Davis is 17 years old and is heading off to college in a few days. In fact, Andy has grown from a young boy to a teenager about to leave home, has not been lost on his toys. First off, great introduction in this movie. What we did not mention is uh, what happens right before this. Past movies have started with toys in reality from the kid's point of view, so the kid playing with the toys. Mm -hmm. Then there's the video game of Buzz. And now you get the beginning of what the kid is actually like imagining in his mind um, with reminders of all the new characters from the last movie, which this was awesome. And you know, it, it's kind of funny. As a language arts teacher, I got I, I I learned real fast how often kids say and then. Yeah. And this whole sequence is a bunch of and thens. Because just when it's about to end, and then Amen. and then this part happens. And then and, and I loved it. Like every single beat in it, first of all, they took what they did in Toy Story and they made an environment. Like Oh, you know, before it was just him playing with the boxes and everything, and now you've got a full-on desert, and there's a train, and the train's full of orphans that are the little aliens. Which is hilarious. <laughs> I love the scene with the monkeys when they fall out, and they just yeah, yeah. cascade everywhere. Death by monkeys. <laughs> it is so brilliant the way it's put together. Yeah. And it's just like, just when you think it's about to end, no, we have a slinky, uh, slinky dog with his force field, and then Ham comes over top. And you're like, In a spaceship. Good God. <laughs> brilliant. Well, several of those toys back in Andy's room hold out hope that Andy will play with them at least once before he leaves, but those hopes are soon dashed as the toys take stock of how many are left and those that are, they have lost over the years, including Bo Peep. 
Wheezy. Wheezy. Um, <laughs> their attention is drawn to the last of the little green army men, Sarge and two paratroopers. Fearful of being thrown away, they leap out the window into the world beyond, their parachutes taking them who knows where. The idea soon fills the heads of the remaining toys, Buzz, Woody, uh, Jesse, Bullseye, Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head, three alien squeak toys from Pizza Planet, Slinky Dog, Rex, and Ham, the piggy bank. And may I just say this? This movie from the very beginning, as soon as they get beyond the uh, playtime, this isn't a movie for kids. You don't think? This is a this is a when when they're in the trunk and they're just praying to get played with. Yeah. That's not a that's not for kids. Yeah. That's for people that grew up with the series. No, you're right. Because kids would be like, well, why don't they just play with the toys? And for all of us that have gotten to that point where we're like, oh, we don't play with toys anymore. When he opens it up, <laughs> well, are we there yet? Have we done that? Uh no. Um, where they make the fake phone call? I don't think so. No, or no, is no, that no. what that is right there? No. Um Several of them, several of the toys are um, of the persuasion that Sarge is right and they're going to be tossed out soon, but Woody believes that Andy wouldn't do that. He then figures that Andy's going to store them in the attic maybe one day to be played again with, uh, when Andy has kids of his own. Yeah. And that is when the uh, toys, have, toys have the staff meeting. Uh, they, now, he may have, I think the phone call's actually early on. Yeah. He makes the, they make the phone call. He picks up Rex and just throws him on the pile. Yeah. And... That's the first like shot to the gut where you're like, well, he picks up his phone and Rex won't let go. Yeah. And so he rips Rex off and throws him back down. He let me go. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the reason, and we'll get to it at the end. Mm-hmm. The re- kids aren't going to be upset. Kids are not going to think this movie is sad because they don't know that feeling of like growing up and realizing that your childhood is gone. Right. We have that feeling. We have had that. We've had that realization. That's sad to us. If we didn't have that feeling, this movie made us have that feeling because the whole the saddest part, the thing that makes everyone sad at the end, you can't be sad at if you're still a kid. This movie is, the on, is one of only two franchises that I can think of where they basically dare the viewer to say, you can watch Toy Story and Toy Story 2, but you've got to wait about 10 years before you watch Toy Story 3 because you won't feel it. Yeah. Like the only one that I can think of that does that is right now Star Wars, where they did episodes one through six. You got to wait about ten years so you can enjoy that Han Solo walking on the Falcon. Right. Otherwise, it's not going to have an impact on you. You're right. Um, so at their staff meeting, um, it's cut short when Andy returns to his room with his mom behind him. Uh, with only a few days left until he leaves, Andy has not cleaned up his room. Andy's mom is having Andy's sister Molly clean her room as well and tells the two to throw out what they don't want, store items in the attic, or donate them to Sunnyside Daycare. From Andy's room, the toys watch as Molly throws her Barbie doll in the donations box along with some other toys. Andy finally takes out a black trash bag and begins to put his old toys in it. When he gets to Woody and Buzz, he hesitates before putting Woody in the, bark mo- in the box marked college. And then he looks like he's going to put Buzz in there, and then he tosses Buzz into the black trash bag. Inside, the toys think that they are going to be thrown away. And Woody watches as Andy leaves the room. His panic turns to relief as he sees Andy open the attic door. However, before Andy can go up, he helps Molly move the donations because he's like the sweetest kid on earth. And uh, he helps her move a donations (laughs) box downstairs. And that lapse 
causes the attic door to close, and Andy's mom soon after finds the trash bag with the toys, thinking Andy left the trash lying around. She takes it with another bag to the curb. We've all had parents that have thrown away things we didn't expect them to throw away. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's a very... It seems convoluted, the way that this all happens, but at the same time, this is how shit like this happens. It is. And it's I, but how I you want, lose toys. I, I want everyone to remember this scene for my top three, bottom three. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I like what you wrote. <laughs> Woody tries to explain what really happened, but most of them just feel that he's in denial. Jesse soon notices the box of donations to Sunnyside Daycare and proposes that they all go there instead. Everyone eagerly jumps in except for Woody, who demands that they all return to Andy's room right away. Before he can say any more, the trunk uh, to the family minivan closes, and Andy's mom takes the box to Sunnyside. Damn. Uh, and this sucks because we've all had this stuff that we didn't want to get rid of. Yeah, and there's a there's an action scene that happens beforehand where Woody's chasing after them, mm-hmm. uh, which y- y- you need a little action at this point because it's pretty much all feel, feel, feel. Uh, yeah. But this movie balances it well. Yes, like it's n- you don't feel it drags at any point, um, and that's the that's that's kind of hard to do with animation. This is the only Pixar trilogy beyond Cars. Cars is the only other one they did. Yeah, like they were going to try it with monsters. They did Monsters Inc. and they did Monsters University, but there was never a, there was never a Monsters third movie. Uh, is there not? No, it was College Monsters, then Monsters College. Yeah, Monsters yeah. University and Monsters Inc. And that was it. Huh. Um. So we're at Sunnyside. Thing? At Sunnyside. Yeah. About read that paragraph again. Andy's mom at Sunnyside. Andy's mom brings <laughs> the toys into the butterfly room. Looking through the handle hole in the box, the toys are excited to see a group of children happily playing with the toys in the room. Yes. <laughs> After the recess bo- bell sounds and the kids leave the room, the toys eagerly escape from the box, only to meet a very friendly group of toys who are excited to see them. The group is soon joined by a strawberry-scented bear named Lotso, voiced by Ned Beatty, who, call- who soon calls his associate Ken. Who so, who's ready for Ken's dream tour? That's Michael Keaton. <laughs> To escort the group around, showing them what Sunnyside has to offer. During the tour, Ken becomes smitten with Barbie, obviously, who finds herself drawn to him as well. Hi, I'm Ken. Barbie, have we ever met? Uh-uh, I would have remembered. <laughs> Love your leg warmers. Nice ascot. <laughs> Purely for adults. This is for adults. Uh, <laughs> Lotso explains that the toys are taken care of. <laughs> and that due to a never-ending supply of kids coming and going, the toys will never be without someone to play with them. Andy's toys eagerly accompany Lotso over the Caterpillar room, where he then leaves them to experience their first playtime at Sunnyside, um, which we'll get to, yes. I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, however, Ken and Barbie appear to have gotten along quite well, and Barbie eagerly goes back with Ken and Lotso to the butterfly room, and the toys encourage her. Yes, they the do. They say, go, like, you've, you deserve this. And the toys like Lotso. They love them. Yeah. Rex even says. What a nice bear. And he smells like strawberries. <laughs> Woody explains that while at Sunnyside, while it does seem great, he strongly believes they should go back to Andy. Woody asks Buzz to come back, but Buzz refuses, saying they should stick together. Realizing that the others won't accompany him, Woody sneaks out of Sunnyside, but not before accidentally losing his hat which he loves his hat. Yes. In the process, a little girl named Bonnie finds him and takes him home with her. Now. Can we talk about Bonnie? Yeah, she's a cute kid. Bonnie is amazing. Yeah. Like every time that we see her playing, I would watch two hours of her playing. And I think that is what Toy Story 4 will be. Bonnie. Bonnie. 
Yes. Bon, you were to say something. This scene is the rated PG version of the ending of Sausage Party. <laughs> because back in the Caterpillar room, recess ends, and the toys get their first playtime, only to find the room filled with, filled with noisy, screaming toddlers, each of them rambunctious and not as delicate as Andy was. This is like a horror scene. It really is done. It, it's shot like a horror or, scene. Or it's more like the first scene in uh, Sausage Party when in the trailer where like they're sticking the buns in the oven and the hot dogs are getting boiled. Yes. That is the scene I'm talking about. Yeah. Not the ending, the gross ending. Not the five-minute orgy no. that happened. Because that's gross. what I thought you meant. I was like, well, that's what wow, I, that's a comparison. <laughs> well, that, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, no, no, it was. There is a scene. Because I haven't seen all of Sausage Party. Yeah. But there is a scene where like they're all just getting boiled alive. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is like a horror scene. It is. They're thrown around, smashed, covered with poster paint by the toddlers. Once the daycare closes, the toys feel that there has been some mistake and that they should be in the butterfly room instead. Buzz manages to get out of the room, intending to tuck the Lotso. However, once outside, his attention is drawn to Ken and several other toys sneaking inside a vending machine. Buzz follows them, but is caught by a sleepy-eyed doll named Big Baby. <laughs> Ken and the others take Buzz to the daycare's library and tie him up. Suddenly, Lotso comes across the other toys and demands they let Buzz go. Buzz thinks, thanks Lotso for helping him and makes his request for himself and the other toys to be transferred. Lotso admires Buzz's initiative, but is only willing to consider to have him join the butterfly room in Habitus. When <laughs> Buzz refuses, Lotso orders Buzz be held down and procures a Buzz Lightyear instruction manual from the library. Using, it, using the group of toys, uh, they set Buzz's uh, switch to demo mode uh, instead of play. He is once again a deluded space ranger, the one that we met early in the first movie. Caution! Do not hold button for more than five seconds. <laughs> Lotso, his compatriots, and the demo Buzz return to the Caterpillar room where Buzz subdues his friends and places them in prison-like storage cases. Uh, cages. Lotso explains how the daycare is run. All newcomers start in the Caterpillar room with the ill-behaved toddlers. If they survive, then they move up to the butterfly room where they'll be treated better. This is torture. Yes. And I think that's why adults like this movie more than kids. This, this reminds me of like a mafia movie because they're like, hey, we're friendly. We're all on the same page. But if you cross my authority, yeah. then we're not going to be friends anymore. It seems like this that pissed me off when people compare this to Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah. Prospector is not the same as Lotso. No. Lotso, Prospector is it for himself. Lotso... He's got a different thing going on there. Yeah. He, he may be an angry character, but and, and, and for similar reasons. But he's got a a whole network going on there with the monkey with the symbols. <laughs> Prospect the prospector. Um, he felt that he was like not wanted. There's no. He was, was a toy. That, he was a toy that no one wanted. No, he to was buy. a toy that nobody wanted. So he was um, insecure. Yes. That he wasn't enough. The Lotso was abandoned. Lotso has abandonment issues. Yeah. And so, yeah. Two different things. Not the same Bitterness. Character. Listen, bitterness is universal. Everything can have symptoms of bitterness. Yeah. But the root of it is very different. Being abandoned and then being insecure are two very different things. And honestly, with the way that Disney works, I expected this movie to end differently with Lotso. Yeah. I did too. And, um, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. Um, Set an example. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
I, I don't trust myself because I had to set an example at the very top of the page. <laughs> and in my dumb mind, I'm like, hey, it must be halfway down. Once the household is leaving. <laughs> yeah. You know, during the point version. To set an example about what happens to troublemakers, Lotso has Big Baby take Mr. Potato Head out to the playground and stuff him in the box, <laughs> a sandbox. Also, as a warning, Lotso produces, uh, produces Woody's hat, although he doesn't explain what happened to Woody. Barbie realizes that Ken lied to her, and she refuses to be part of Lotso's regime. She is imprisoned as well. Every scene that Ken is on the screen is amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I could... That's the other thing. is I said I could watch Bonnie for two hours. If this movie was... If there was a Ken spinoff, I would watch it, because yeah, like Michael Ken Keaton is so special. good. Yeah. During the toys day at Sunnyside, Woody has been at Bonnie's house, taking part in her imaginative and fun games. Uh, Woody grows excited to be part of real playtime again, but longs to be back with Andy. Once the household is asleep, Bonnie's toys help Woody access the family computer. Woody is revealed to find that Andy's house is just around the corner. He thanks the toys and tells them that if Bonnie ever outgrows them, they should go to Sunnyside. However, the name causes the toys to look in fear. The toys explain that Lotso is responsible, and w- one of Bonnie's toys, toys named Chuckles, uh, voiced by Bud Lucky, begins to tell a story. And this is the comparison people make to Toy Story 2, because he tells a story that's similar to Jesse's story. Yeah. And, but the difference is, we don't have Sarah McLaughlin singing an ASPCA song over this. <laughs> Lotso, Chuckles, and Big Baby were once owned by a little girl named Daisy. Of the three, she loved Lotso the most. However, one day at the rest stop, the three toys were accidentally left behind. The three eventually made it back to Daisy's house. Lotso and Chuckles managed to look into a window, only to see that Lotso had been replaced. Lotso, resentful of being left behind, declared that they had all been replaced, even though there was only proof that he had been. Big Baby still wanted to go back, but Lotto yelled, she doesn't love you no more, and tore off a necklace around Baby's neck, a plastic heart that said, I belong to Daisy. Secretly, though, Chuckles kept it. That was a great impersonation. No, thank you. You're welcome. I can't remember how he sounded. No, but, that was good. Oh, okay. The three toys went from place to place until they found Sunnyside. Lotto took over and set up the system in which most of the new toys... Oh, we're still going. They uh, set up the system in which new toys would be subjected to the rough <laughs> handling of the toddlers in the caterpillar room and would not survive. Chuckles explains that he eventually was broken at Sunnyside, and Bonnie took him in and repaired him. Realizing the danger his friends were in, Woody then decides to return to Sunnyside and rescue them. There we go. Yeah, there we go. We got that. The next day, (laughs) uh, Woody sneaks into the daycare and moves around the building among the ceiling tiles. Finding his way into the hidden area of the Caterpillar room, he uh, chances upon a Fisher-Price chatter telephone. Which, by the way... Why is that hidden in, up in the rafters? A, a, a good question. Um, <laughs> but I feel like because every he makes a good point. They're at, they're in every daycare, yeah, and they're never going to be thrown away. For some reason, <laughs> they don't throw away the phone. I can't tell you why no one throws away the phone. Um, <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey should have been a voice actor for this. Gosh, he should be a voice actor for everything. Um, if I die, uh, listeners at home, please start a uh, GoFundMe. For someone to write a book about me and then for Gilbert Gottfried to narrate it. Uh, the telephone tells Woody that he should have stayed gone. and There's no way that he and his friends can get out. Uh, Woody thanks him for his concern but says they have to try. The chatter telephone explains to Woody that his friends will what it, they'll be up against. Lotso's minions manning searchlights on the playground. Trucks patrolling the halls of the playground. 
in an eight-foot-high cinder block wall and a cymbal-clanging monkey that monitors the security cameras in the building. The tele... Which is Frank Welker. Now, what's he in? He was the voice of Optimus Prime. That's amazing. He's playing the fucking monkey. (laughs) Cymbal monkey. Um, The telephone says that the only way out is through a garbage chute across the playground. Now, once the toddlers have gone to recess, Woody joins his friends who tell him that Buzz was reset to demo mode. Now they want to get back to Andy. Woody sets this plan in motion. Later that evening, the group springs into action. Potato Head creates a scene to get to the box again. This time is a way to get outside and report for the group. Barbie pleads with Ken that she, that she can't be, take being in prison, and Ken lets her out. He takes her back into the dream house where Barbie <laughs> subdues him, using one of his outfits as a disguise, infiltrates the daycare library to find the instruction manual for Buzz. Woody and Slinky Dog infiltrate the main security room and take down the cymbal-clinging monkey. Rex and Ham start a fight to distract Buzz, allowing Jesse to escape. They trap Buzz under a plastic uh, Tupperware tub. I want to interject here. Uh, The way that this works out, first off, Ken and Barbie, is this where she tortures him by tearing up his clothes? Yes. (laughs) Not the Nehru jackets. But also... But they give Potato Head something to do, and that's just complain. He's got to actually look out. He's got dressed like a cucumber at one point. Isn't he, like, doesn't he put his parts on a cucumber? Well, like, okay, so I must have looked down at my script when this part happened. Yeah. I looked up, and he was, like, on an actual potato or something like that. Was that a potato he was on? I thought it was. There was a cucumber. Okay. But before that, there was something else. Oh, it was like a, I thought it was a pita. Oh, maybe it was a pita. Yeah. How? What What caused him to get to that? I know I just read that. No idea. But the pigeon comes and starts to peck at him. Uh, that messes him up. And then you've got, uh, let's see, Barbie pleading with Ken. Th- this is... Sim- Symbol Monkey is great because he's so annoying. And he would wake up everybody. And I love how they subdue him with like scotch tape. <laughs> they yeah. wrap him. Everything is done well, but there are other things in the scene that I don't like. And one of them is Woody has this superhuman strength all of a sudden. Where he's yeah. lifting up like, you know, ceiling tiles and stuff. I'm like, he's made of rag. Yeah. Th- those are the little things where I'm like, oh no, 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 don't do that. But it gets a little convoluted. That being said, it this movie is a uh, a jailbreak. Yeah. This movie is all about being a jailbreak. Which is a all of them are trying to escape in a way. They're all trying but, to get home. Right, but this one is much more intricate. Yeah. Uh, the toys regroup and set about trying to get Buzz back to normal. However, a mistake in the resetting of Buzz sets him to Spanish mode. With little time left, the group decides to worry about fixing him later. They set out for the garbage chute. Mm-hmm. Which, wrong, wrong door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, exit only. The gang gets to the end of the shoot before plummeting into the dumpster only to find Lotso, Ken, and his associates waiting along with the chatter telephone now broken by the bad toys. It's like Gitmo it's, in this, there. I'm telling you, this is, like, <laughs> this is like the mafia movie of all of these. Lotso offers the toys a choice. Either end up in the dumpster or return to the daycare. Jesse and Barbie both decree what to cry. What Lotso had done to the daycare, and even Ken soon turns against Lotso. The eagerness of the group and Woody return to Aunt, 
Return to Andy's inside slot. <laughs> return to Andy. Oh, the eagerness of the group in waiting to return to Andy incites Lotso to declare that love doesn't exist. Uh-huh. Pause for editing. There we go. No, it's just, it's just the sound. Oh, I know. No, I'm saying like so you know where to stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. The, eagers, the eagerness of the group and Woody return to Andy incites Lotso to declare that love doesn't exist. And it, it is then when Woody mentions Daisy and produces the tag that Chuckles kept. Big Baby sees the tag and Lotso declares, this is a very intense part, Yes, it declares that she didn't love them and replace them. And then he, uh, yeah, Woody reminds Lotso that it, it, it was only him that she replaced. This revelation causes Big Baby to reach for the tag before Lotso destroys it yelling at Big Baby for being stupid and believing that Daisy loved him. Big Baby feeling betrayed, then throws Lotso into the dumpster. The second time we've seen somebody thrown into a well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other toys began to run across the lid. One of the Pizza Planet aliens' feet gets stuck into the lid. God damn it. Woody goes to help him, only to have Lotso grab his hand. The others rush to help Woody, but just then a dump truck pulls up and empties the contents of the dumpster, including Andy's toys into the collecting bin in the back. Barbie and Ken, who are not on the dumpster's lid, can only watch as their friends are taken from them. Inside the dumpster, more trash is emptied onto the group, and a TV set falls onto Buzz, which sets him back to his proper self. Convenient. Yes. (laughs) However, before the toys can rejoice, the truck arrives at the Tri-County landfill. They're shocked when a bulldozer scoops scoops up the three Pizza Planet aliens, carrying them away. The remaining toys are shoveled by another machine onto a conveyor belt headed towards a large shredding machine. The toys avoid being shredded by grabbing metal objects that are being magnetized to an overhead track. Woody and Buzz even manage to save Lotto, who thanks them. Which, this is now a Disney movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. Look, the bad guy's going to be good. They've right. done it. They've changed his mind. Yeah. <sighs> um. <laughs> and once they make it through, they find themselves on another conveyor belt heading towards what looks like daylight. No. However, as they draw closer, they realize that it's not daylight <laughs> and that it is a large pit that empties into a fiery incinerator. They're going to die. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very heavy part of the movie because the toys try to outrun their fiery fate until Lotto notices an emergency stop, so sw- stop switch. This reminds me of Mario Party where you have to like run backwards and jump over <laughs> the things. Yes. Um, <laughs> We're actually not running anywhere. He motions for the others to help him, and they hoist him up to stop the machine. However, once he reaches the button, Lotso just smirks at Woody and mutters, Where's your kid now, Sheriff? And runs off. Dick move. The toys are soon <laughs> unable to keep running and tumble into the pit. They try to climb out, but then there, but there, appears, there appears to be no escape. With no hope left, the toys all join hands, willing to stay together until the very end. And the first punch to the gut happens to you as an audience member. Yeah, yeah big time. Suddenly, a blue light appears overhead, and the giant claw falls down, scooping up the group as they wonder who rescued them. The enormous claw swings by the glass cabin of the machine where the three Pizza Planet aliens are. (laughs) Irony! Yes, and they're saying, the claw. Once the group gets out, they they thank their saviors and wonder what became of Lotso. Unknown to them, Lotso is found by another garbage man at the dump. Remembering that he had a lot to hug and bear as a kid, he ties Lotso to the grill of his dump truck and he heads off for duty. Andy's toys find the dump truck that services Andy's neighborhood and manage to get back before Andy leaves for college. After cleaning themselves up, they sneak back into the house, finding Andy's room cleaned out, except for some minimal items 
and two boxes, one marked college and the other marked attic. Woody's friends pile into the attic box and say their goodbye. Hearing Andy and his mom approaching, Woody hops into the college box as they enter Andy's room. His mother is hit with the sad reality that her son is going away. Andy tells her that even though he'll be gone, he'll still care about her. Um, yeah, another, another punch. hate this movie. <laughs> Hearing this, Woody realizes that Andy can still care for him and the other toys, an example of true love, and that you'll never forget those who you really love. While Andy is distracted by his sister, Molly and his dog Buster... His old dog Buster. His, his old dog Buster. Um, Woody grabs a post-it note and a marker and writes down Bonnie's street address. And he takes the post-it with him and uh, hops into the attic box. Andy returns to his room and sees the note on the attic box. Uh, thinking that his mom wrote it, he takes the box to the address and sees Bonnie playing in her family's front yard with the same quirky imagination that he had. Andy gets out of his car with the box and Bonnie sees him approach and he, she stops her. She stops her game and calls for her mom, very distrusting to the stranger in her room, in her yard. Yeah. Bonnie's mom <laughs> recognizes Andy, who explain, who knows Andy's mom. Uh, and she's like, Andy, you're off to college? She's like, yeah, right now, actually. Angie intru- Andy introduces each of his toys, telling Bonnie a little bit about each of them, since he still remembers how he played with them. For example, Ham saves uh, your money, but he's also the evil Dr. Porkchop. <laughs> the toy, th- with each toy revealed, Bonnie gets more and more brave, until after Buzz, she peeks into the box to see Woody. Andy has no knowledge of how Woody got in there, but is surprised when Bonnie calls him my cowboy doll. He quotes one, and quotes one of Woody's lines. There's a snake in my boot. Uh, and then out of all of the phrases, she pulls the string and he says, there's a snake in my boot because, because Woody's a real person. And, yes. Uh, he can pick and choose. Andy uh, sees Bonnie looking at Woody and explains to her how important Woody is to him, how long he's had him, and how brave Woody can be. However, he explains to Bonnie that she can have Woody only if she promises to take good care of him and the other toys. When she quietly nods in affirmative, Andy begins to play with her and the two are having an imaginative time with her toys. Secretly, Andy's toys are overjoyed at their last playtime with him. Finally, Andy gets into the car as Bonnie gathers her old and new toys on the porch. As she holds Woody and Buzz in her little arms, she makes Woody wave goodbye. This Uh. causes Andy to have a sad but calming smile. Uh, thanks, guys, he whispers as he drives off. This scene kills me every damn time. Uh, th- at the end of movies like this, I like check out about 35% <laughs> so that I can't get emotionally invested. <laughs> well, this is, the, this is where I start to like, wipe the eye. I'm like, okay, I can feel the well happening, and then the next line happens. After Andy leaves, Bonnie's mom takes her inside for lunch, leaving the toys on the porch, watching Andy's car fade into the distance down the street. So long, partner, says Woody. Oh, oh and that's God, the part man. right there that gets me. Yeah. Uh, so long, Woody partner. smiles at the other toys, reaffirming that Andy did care for them and care for them enough to leave them with another child who will take care of them and give them many playtimes to come. Woody introduces his friends to Bonnie's other toys. Sometime afterwards, the toys find a note in Bonnie's backpack, backpack from Ken. In the time <laughs> since Lotto has been gone, Ken and Barbie have worked to abolish the unfair system they ran at Sunnyside. And now the toys have an equal opportunity to move between the caterpillar and the butterfly rooms. The toys at Sunnyside now enjoy their time there. And soon after, Sarge and his two paratroopers arrive with both Ken and Barbie welcoming them. And that's the end. 
Uh, did the awards get it right? It was nominated for five awards. This is a year where they had more than five nominations for Best Picture. They had The King's Speech, 127 Hours, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. I did not see The King's Speech, so I cannot speak on this. I can say I own The King's Speech. It is a fantastic movie. Is it better than Toy Story 3? I don't know. It's <laughs> That's a hard... It, it's very hard to measure the two because they're two different movies. The thing that I, I'm going to get to later is can Toy Story 3 survive on its own without Toy Story 1 and 2? Yeah, okay, when, we, when you bring that up, I will have an answer. Well, I mean, it's like kind of my question now. Okay, well, I think it can. I think okay. Toy Story 3, if it, was, it's, if it was the first Toy Story, it would be awesome. But like, would the... But like, I don't think you get all the emotions that you get with it now because you don't have, like, you really, you honestly, you don't hear you've got a friend in me over and over again. Okay, yeah, yeah. You don't know, uh, you don't really know who Bo Peep was. You don't know of Woody's life before Buzz. Well, I have an idea that's going to, I'm going to bring up later that could make Toy Story 3 an even better film. So we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, Best adapted screenplay, uh, Social Network 1. Uh, Toy Story 3 was up for that one. I don't know what it was adapted from, honestly. Social Network's pretty damn good. Any, yeah, Social any, Network's really good. Yeah. Best animated feature film, Toy Story wins. It beats How to Train Your Dragon, which is a JC favorite. Yeah. Uh, and The Illusionist. <laughs> no, no, not that one. There's an animated movie. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, nobody does. I think it's French. Uh, best original song, We, we Belong Together. Belong Randy together. Newman's back. He's back. Yeah. Uh, it won that one. It won best sound editing. Oh no, it lost the best. It lost best sound editing to Inception. Yeah. Uh, which Inception's pretty. Anything that Zimmer does is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Golden Globes, it won best animated feature film over Despicable Me, How to Train Your Dragon, and Tangled. Uh. Yeah. Would you change any of those? No. No. Okay. You can't beat Randy Newman. Well, what do you think after watching this film? This time. Um, would you want to do best sound editing? Oh, wait. Dang it. Sorry. Yeah. Edit that out. Sorry. Okay. Let's keep that. Uh, it was better than I remembered it. Yeah, really? Yeah. It was definitely better than I remembered it. It still gets me. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it would. It's been about a year and a half since I've seen this. And I was like, okay, I'll put it in. And the part that I remember tearing up at before was the junkyard scene when they were all holding hands. And I forgot about the punch in the gut later on. Yeah. And when he says, so long, partner. I forgot about that, too. It was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but on to our next segment titled Top Three, Bottom Three. This is where we pick our top three, top three things we love or scenes that we liked in this movie. And then we choose three things we disliked about the film and or that we find the weakness. Weakest. Let's start with the top three. Joel, what are your top three okay. things that you want to highlight in this movie? Yes. Also, I was a page off. So when you said, would I change anything? I was still looking at best original song. I was like, no. Oh, Mandy Moore is not going to beat Randy Newman. No. I still would say that Toy Story 3 is a better film probably than Despicable Me. Yeah. But I like Despicable Me more than Toy Story 3. So for it, you, you would grade Toy Story 3 higher, but you would probably buy Despicable Me over... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Despicable okay. Me is an easy buy. Toy Story 3 is a Bennett. Oh, oh okay. All right. Which, spoilers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On your top three. My uh, number three animation is so great. Yeah. Such a breath of fresh air from the last two. 
and this would be awesome to see what they could do if they remade the first two with this animation. In that same thought, the intro in itself was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like five minutes into this intro. I was like, dang it, this is already a better movie than all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, number two, welcome back, Randy Newman. Yes. We needed more Randy Newman in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and number one, this one has legitimate uncertainty, like where you feel it in your bones. Okay. Like where you are uncertain of the safety and future of each character. Because you think you're in your mind, you're like, this is probably the last Toy Story. Yeah. Um, everyone I've talked to says, yeah, I'm pretty sure I cried in that movie. <laughs> every yeah. person of every age. Um, and finally, the aliens serve a purpose. I loved when you wrote that. I was like, yeah. yes, finally. And they did it in their own way with the claw. The claw. The claw is chosen. Joe, what are your three? All right, my number three, just like you, they figured out how to animate humans better. Uh, this was a step towards movies like Inside Out. Animation has taken a massive leap forward in the last ten, in the 10 years between Toy Story 2 and T- Toy Story 3. And you can tell it because they spent the money on it. My number two, Ken is amazing. Simply amazing. A better addition to the story than Jesse ever was. Because yeah. he's funny and he serves a purpose by giving Barbie purpose. Yeah, you're right. And uh, that, that, don't get me wrong. I actually liked Jesse a lot more in this movie than in Toy Story 2. And not because there's less of her, but because I thought they toned her down. Yeah. Well, I liked, I mean, I felt that Toy Story 2 as a kid, I was like, oh, this is Woody and Jesse's movie, mm-hmm. which as a kid for that mindset, that is what it was. Yeah. Um, but you're right. She was better in this movie. I liked Jesse as a kid. I think just as an adult knowing who uh, Joan Cusack is <laughs> and not being able to get out of the mindset of this is the principal from School of Rock. I just couldn't get through it. Yeah. And my number one is this movie is actually. Uh, it made me emotional at the end, and I love the passing of the torch to a worthy child in Bonnie. Like the child's got to be worthy to get those toys. Yeah, and uh, I know a lot of people have you know kind of crapped on the idea that you know oh well he gives her this whole whole spiel about how these toys are special. Anybody that's owned toys that they give away, you're very careful about those special toys and where they go. Yeah, everybody is. And Bonnie, when you watch her imagination, you're like she was built for this universe. Yes. So I love that. Okay, on to the top, bottom three. Time uh, to vent, Joel. <laughs> that, your number one is my number three, which All is right. that it made, made me feel, and I hate that. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, and this honestly, <laughs> actually, no, I'm going to move my number two to my number one. Oh. Um, my number two is I miss Jim Varney. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did a great job recasting him, but rest in peace, Jim Varney. Ernest. Um, and number one, no addicts shut on their own. No, they don't. Those things are so <laughs> heavy to put back up. So go back to like the first 30 minutes of the movie. The whole, like, this movie is based on a lie. <laughs> and don't tell me like, oh, well, did you think that when the toys were talking? Uh, because toys don't talk. Yeah, like I get that. Fantasy in itself is fine. But even gravity exists in Middle Earth. <laughs> like, if someone trips, they fall. And I don't, if anyone in this earth has ever tried to put an attic back up in the ceiling, like, yeah, it only starts going up after you have folded the legs up and after you have lifted it up and pushed it up. <laughs> Those legs don't fold themselves. They're a pain in the butt. This movie never would have happened. Yeah. They should have just had Andy, like, they, they should have just had Andy's mom walk by, pick up the bag, leaving the attic where it was. Because, no, everyone go home, pull down the attic, and then put it back up. And right. then you tell yourself, 
yeah, yeah, they don't shut on their own. They're actually a real big pain to shut because then <laughs> if you don't fold it right, yeah, like, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> my number one. Joe? Yeah, I just say that your whole thing, gravity still exists in the middle of Earth. It reminds me of how I spoke about Warcraft, and I was like, if an ogre jumps on a horse, it's going to kill the horse. Yeah, <laughs> 10 times out of 10. All right, my number three thing. Uh, wow, they feigned the death of the toys pretty early in this film. Way to scare kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, I am really pissed that Toy Story 2 exists. For years, I had to hear about how this movie was just a remake of Toy Story 2. The problem is, it's not just a remake. It's an improvement. If it was up to me, it'd go Toy Story, then a short film that introduces Jesse, and then Toy Story 3. Yeah. And my number one, the daycare kids gross me out. When the one slobbers all over Buzz Lightyear's helmet, that is so yeah. disgusting. I mean, It's like Alien. I suppose that was the point. But they gross me out anyway. <laughs> when he's sucking on the glass. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's right. the audience for this movie? Uh, Toy Story fans. People that grew up with the franchise. Again, I was fortunate enough to where when I was graduating high school, this movie came out. Yeah. So I was going to college the same time Andy was going to college. I didn't live too far from Clemson. Andy went to Clemson. You can see the Tigers. Uh, you yes. see there's a Tiger sticker on his trunk that's going to college with him. Fun fact, by the way, Lotso Bear is in Toy Story. Is he? He is. If you look it up on your computer right now, look up Lotso Bear Toy Story, the original. He's actually on Andy's shelf behind a bunch of books. There's a Lotso Bear up there, and that's where they got the idea for Lotso Bear. Well, how do you like that? How about that? <laughs> there is. He's leaning against the uh, globe. And, of course, the ending shot with the clouds is the same as his wallpaper in the first movie. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's big. Uh, okay, movie. Oh, for me, my audience, kids who saw Toy Story, same as you. Yeah. Uh, movie report card A, B, C, D, F, and the animated film genre. Joel, give us a grade and some comments. I, I would like to say I came into this movie very open minded, but definitely biased, wanting number two to be the best because as a kid, that was the one that I loved because mm -hmm. it was just a fun movie. I didn't think too much. Uh, I was a child during Toy Story 1. I thought that it was a little dark. Toy Story 2 was a lot more fun. I like that all the characters got along and that they were trying to help each other. So as a child that does not like conflict, I enjoyed I enjoyed Toy Story 2 better than Toy Story 1. Really? I was probably willing to admit even as a kid that Toy Story 1 was the better movie, yeah. but I enjoyed 2 more. Um, five minutes into this one, though, like I said, I knew this was going to be the best of the three. Time helped us dramatically with animation, humor, and story. The... They looked out for each other. Like, I don't know. The movie has everything you need. The only thing that it's tough. It I would have to give it an A because it's better than the last two. Okay. But it's tough for me to give it an A as a perfect movie because I don't believe that it is the same movie without the first two movies. So do you want to say it's an A minus? No. <laughs> And I'll tell you, and I'll say why. Because I gave The Last Hobbit an A yeah. because it wrapped up the others. Okay. It was not an A movie, but the reason that the others were knocked down is because they were incomplete. Gotcha. So and so the reason that those were knocked down was resolved in the last one, therefore transferring wholeness. <laughs> This movie takes two A minus movies and sums them up perfectly. Yeah. And since it did so in that way, it is an A. 
because it's a third movie. We get it. You have to take that into consideration. Yeah. As far as animated movies go, uh, there's few that are better. At, yeah, you're right, and you're right. As far and I can't. I have to go to my thing of saying like, no, it doesn't matter which is my favorite. But let's go to the movie as a whole, and the story in this wins over all of them, and so it is an A movie. Okay, a, so plain A. A okay. Uh, for me, when it comes to animated features, there are a few things I pay attention to. There's the story, the voice acting, the animation, and the soundtrack. So for story, I gave this an A minus. Uh, this is where I have mixed feelings. On the one hand, this movie shares a lot of similarities with the second film. It certainly borrows a lot of ideas from Toy Story, too, from, a, from the bad guy to the tea party. However, what Pixar did was borrow. They didn't remake. And in borrowing, I think they actually made the movie they wanted to make with Toy Story 2 with a $200 million budget. You could say this movie is like The Force Awakens to the original trilogy of Star Wars. Uh, it borrowed ideas and motifs, but furthered the story in a new direction. It's not a wholly original story, but is an improved edition of one of the movies. That being said, it kind of makes parts of Toy Story 2 seem irrelevant if you can just redo them in the third film. So by improving these parts, they made a better third movie and a lesser second film. A final movie in the trilogy, at the time, should be focused on conclusion, not correction. Uh, that being said, it's a cohesive story and fits the main journey of Woody and Buzz. I'm giving the story an A-, minus, but knocking my Toy Story 2 grade of the story down to a B+. Thankfully, it didn't change my overall gra- average, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, improvements are improvements. There's no denying that. Voice acting, it's an A. Perfect A. With additions like Michael Keaton as Ken, Emily Hahn as Bonnie Anderson, uh, Timothy Dalton as Mr. Pricklepants, you got him. You got the girl from uh, Bob's Burgers to play Trixie, and Jeff Garland as Buttercup. They even toned down Jesse. This movie killed it. Uh, Animation, this is an A. The animation in this movie today in 2017 still holds up by today's standards. It's incredibly complicated and much more detailed than either of the other two movies. Lighting has improved. Shadows have improved. Textures have improved. If this movie was released today, it would fit right in aesthetically. Uh, Soundtrack, A. Not a whole lot in the way of making the soundtrack part of the aesthetic, though. Like, it was not a character like it was in Toy Story. Right. But it was nice to see Randy Newman doing everything without it slowing down with a Sarah McLachlan song. They fixed the issue in the second film. So, my final grades, A minus, A, A, A. This movie is an A. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, it gives us, that, that means it is a perfect, it is a stamped for approval, double stamped, triple stamped. Harry Christmas, what do you give it? Lloyd Christmas, what do you give it? The double stamp, whatever <laughs> shit it is. It is an A, perfect 12. Joe, uh, Joe. <laughs> if this movie was released on Blu-ray, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it, Joe? This is where you talk about your enjoyment factor now. Um, I... I if for the movie alone, I would bin it because I don't think you can buy it without the rest of them. Oh, okay. So I bought it on Amazon Blu-ray for the trilogy, and I felt that that was a worth it buy. But you did bring up something like early in this, and I'm I'm curious if kids can really enjoy these. Like, do kids play with toys? There are no iPads in this movie. Yeah, we talked about that with the Toy Story one, didn't we? Yeah, the yeah. closest thing they have is like a Super Nintendo, <laughs> and so. It, I hate, like, I legitimately hate that 
this movie could end up being dated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like that sucks. And I'm hoping that I'm truly hoping that something happens to where kids start playing with toys again because I'm genuinely worried. (laughs) (laughs) I'm genuinely worried about our future because like even I will be like mindlessly on my phone like flipping through Instagram or whatever it is. I'm like, I'm not looking at anything. Like I just automatically go to it now. Yeah. And and I was able to grow up with toys. And so I'm hoping that I I don't know what the sociological and psychological <laughs> impact this is going to have on our on our future. <laughs> <laughs> this but is I'm, getting real deep. <laughs> but I'm hoping that this movie uh can still be enjoyed by children later on when they're like, what's a potato head? <laughs> like I remember wanting a potato head. Right, right. Uh, Joe? For me, it's a buy it. Uh, this is a Pixar must own, and it completes the only good Pixar trilogy. Cars had a good first movie, a very weak second movie, and a phenomenal third. Toy Story knocked it out of the park with all three, really. Yeah. And when it comes to filmmaking, they knocked it out with all three. So it's the it's the only Pixar trilogy worth owning. You're right. Um, so it's honestly maybe the one of the better trilogies. It might be the best animated trilogy. Yeah. Pound for pound. If we go by our grades as a trilogy, if we were grading Lord of the Rings as a trilogy, it would be right underneath LOTR. Yeah. It would be right underneath it and in a rightful place. It's, wow. ti- it's timeless for our generation. Yes. <laughs> That's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. I hope you enjoyed these retro, retrospective shows from the Movie Playground podcast about Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3. Our first movie R&R show will release Wednesday, June 13th with Disney's Hercules, followed every Wednesday this month with Jaws and Labyrinth. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes and help the show get on its feet with a four or five star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Soundjay Music for providing our music. Thanks for listening to the Movie Planet Podcast and the Movie Playground Retrospective, and happy movie watching.